every evening for me ends with putting my boys to bed. We have Judah and Ezra, my wife and I. Judah is three years old and Ezra is one. And every night we put them to bed. Now Judah is three and he likes uh, me to read him books at bedtime now and tell him bedtime stories. Now if you know me, I have a big imagination so I have a lot of fun with this. And the other day I was reading him a book that my parents so graciously bought for him when he was born. It's called The Little Boy Who Lost His Name. Well, I'm going to be sharing it with you today because as I read it, my mind started whirling as I began to think about the church. So I'm going to share it with you today. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. It's going to be a noteworthy day and an exciting time to spend together. Now, I wanted to take a quick second to thank all of you that have left five-star ratings and reviews on the podcast. It's making such a difference on the show, and it's boosting it up the charts. I wanted to take just a quick moment to recognize a couple of people that left reviews on the show. Three quick reviews I want to share with you. The first is from Evan Sanders. Now, for y'all are listening, you need to know this is my cousin. It says this, I love my French family and hearing Noteworthy while driving to work every week. Your podcast prepare my spirit for whatever comes my way. Love you, Nate. Your favorite cousin, Evan. <laughs> Evan, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Next review, five-star review, says the podcast with brother Myron Weidman Jr. was truly transformative. Thank you for bringing such spiritual, powerful, and actionable content with each and every podcast. I'm changed and challenged every time I listen to the Noteworthy Podcast. May God continue to bless this important ministry, Brother Steve Ayers. Thank you, brother, for those kind words. It means the world. Last review, it says, Absolutely love the podcast. Always brings so much revelation and knowledge that is so very timely. I've truly been blessed every time I listen to it. And that is from Lucas Drew 3 Guys, thank you so much for the kind words. It really means the world, and it helps boost up the podcast when you leave ratings and reviews. If you leave a five-star rating and review, I'm going to be sure to give you a shout-out on the podcast. That's right. You heard me right. We'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. So thank you all so much. I'm excited about today. Let's dive in to the little boy who lost his name and see how it can apply to the church in these last days. Let's go. everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Excited to get to spend some time with you today. Welcome to the nightly bedtime routine at my house where we read a book to 
my three-year-old named Judah. I wanted to share this story with you today. I'm actually going to read it for you. So as you drive and as you listen, just buckle up and let your imagination ride with you. This book is called The Little Boy Who Lost His Name by David Kajinubi and Pedro Serapicos. One day, a little boy awoke, sat up, and rubbed his eyes, looked over at his bedroom door, and got a big surprise. His name, which he had stuck there, had vanished, flown away. What exactly am I called? He wondered in dismay. He searched inside his closet. He peered in all his drawers. He had to look beneath his bed, crouched down on all fours. What's this? A magic rainbow trail? It wasn't there before. Could that be where his name had gone? And did he dare explore? The boy crept down the winding trail, looking all around, surrounded by fantastic sights, astonished and spellbound. But finding a lost name is hard and takes great bravery. How would the little boy get on? Let's turn the page and see. The boy came to a courtyard where he found a rock and sat, when suddenly a man sprang up, bells jingling on his hat. Cheer up, the man cried heartily. What's the matter, dear, oh dear? And he pulled a piece of candy from behind the boy's left ear. He did a headstand, crossed his eyes, and sang a funny tune. I'm a jester, and I'll have you laughing very soon. I'm sorry, said the little boy. I like to watch you, clown. But you see, I've lost my name, and I can't help but feeling down. Lost your name? The jester spluttered. Surely that's a joke. And he magicked out two chickens from underneath his cloak. It's not a joke, the boy replied, more like a nasty trick. Oh, said the jester, then take this jay, the jester offered, from the jesting stick. He danced and did a somersault, then made both ears wiggle, and pulled a face so gruesome the boy couldn't help but giggle. On the boy wandered, until he came upon a beast, which looked a little like a horse, and sad to say the least. All the boys said, don't be down, whatever can be wrong. My friends are mean and laugh, the beast said, at my funny prong. I'm not a donkey or a horse, a pony or a mule. No one wants to play with me and I don't like to go to school. I want to know my name so I can find out what I am. Join the club, the boy replied. I'm in the self-same jam. But that thing on your head, it's not a prong. No, it's, it's a horn. You poor old silly, can't you guess why you're a unicorn? 
The creature looked astonished and then smiled and danced with joy. A unicorn, of course. How can I thank you, my dear boy? I know, it said, and gave the boy a very special shoe. I hope this helps, it told him. It looks like the letter U. With the letter U in his pocket, the boy who lost his name continued on his journey. Who goes there? A dragon bellowed, snorting thick gray smoke. I'll grow you like a sausage. I will serious. No joke. The dragon breathed a stream of fire. A bush burst into flame. Oh, please don't roast me, cried the boy. I'm looking for my name. Your name? The dragon said, confused. You mean you can't remember? Well, never mind. For very soon you'll be a crispy ember. The dragon breathed in deeply and was just about to blow, then stopped and shook its head and muttered quietly, No. I know I should be scary, like they teach at dragon school, but the truth is I'm soft-hearted and I just don't like being cruel. My name's Dragon, it explained, which starts with the letter D, and with its claws it picked a scale from just above its knee. I'd love for you to find your name, so here's a magic letter. Take it with you as you search. I hope your luck gets better. The little boy walked on and on, here, there, and round about, and came across an animal with a tremendous snout. Hello there, said the little boy. What animal are you? I'm an aardvark, said the beast. Good morning. How'd you do? Not so good, the boy replied. You see, I've lost my name. Goodness me, the aardvark cried. Now, that's a dreadful shame. The aardvark rooted busily. I need to find some lunch. And if you're hungry too, then I've got some tasty ants to munch. Ants, the boy replied horrified. No, really, not for me. And sat down quite as gloomy as a little boy could be. Lost your name? The aardvark sniffled. Well, now that won't do. You mustn't give up yet, though, and just sit there feeling blue. Aardvark starts with two A's. I can surely spare you one. I'm sure you'll come across your name before the day is done. By a creek he spied a beast, huge and brown and tubby. It didn't look too happy and was very, very grubby. What's wrong, he asked. What's wrong, it cried. Oh, how can I stay clean? This riverbank, the state of it, the muddiest I've ever seen. I'm a hippo. Mud's our thing. We're always wet and smeared, but I hate dirt. It's horrid, and others call me weird. At least you've got a name, the boy said. I've got none at all, but maybe I can help you. Have you seen... That waterfall. For getting clean, it's perfect. It's just like nature's shower. So in the hippo jumped and soon smelled fragrant as a flower. Clean, I'm clean, it sang with glee, all bathed in soapy bubbles. But what about your name? I'd love to help you with your troubles. Here's an H for hippo. It was under all that muck. You never know. It might just help. And I wish you the best of luck.
the little boy turned around and headed back the way he'd come, past all the wondrous things he'd seen and all the things he'd done. The magic trail was waiting, and he followed where it led, back to where his journey started, underneath his bed. Yippee, he cried out happily. No searching anymore. The letters he'd been given, can you guess what they stood for? He felt so tired and weary, and yet also full of joy. What a quite amazingly courageous little boy, called Judah. Now I know you're wondering, Nathan, why in the world would you read me this story? (laughs) Well, first of all and foremost, I'm a dad, so I'm sappy, so we'll start there. But, you know, every time I read this story to my son, which is a very special story to him because his name is Judah, when I get to the end and reveal that the name is Judah, he gets so excited. But my mind began to wander as I read this book because I think of this little boy who's lost his name, but he has a powerful name. Whew, come on, some somebody walk with me for just a minute. Bear with me for just a minute. He's forgotten his name, but his name is so powerful. His name is Judah. And we all know that Judah means praise. And sometimes I wonder if the church is like this little boy that lost his name. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you're called to be? Do you realize that you are God's chosen people? Now, in Scripture, it refers to Judah as, you know, the people of Judah, but it also says that Judah is a lion. It's powerful. The people of Judah are powerful. And God is calling his people to a place of restoration. So I want you to think with me for just a moment, just like this little boy who went on a journey to find his name, and he was able to find comfort and solace in the fact that his name was Judah. I want the church to be reminded today, don't forget who you are. Don't forget where you come from. And the interesting thing about this story, the writers were so creative is that each piece of his name was from one of the different creatures and they helped him find it. And that's so similar to the church that each piece of our name is made up of all different cultures, all different kinds of people, all different kinds of backgrounds. And all of this individuality and uniqueness makes up the people of the church the people of praise. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you today that a church without praise is a church that has forgotten their name. My wife Rachel and I are blessed to be able to do some traveling across this great movement and across North America. And it's amazing as worship leaders when we go and we were asked to lead people in worship, how difficult it can be at some churches 
to lead people into the presence of God. Do you want to know why? They've forgotten their name. They've forgotten who they are. And it's such a refreshing thing when you go to a church that remembers the power of praise. Do you know who you are? Your name is Judah. You, your name literally means praise. You were created to praise the Lord. And God is stirring up his church in these last days. Something is stirring, something is shaking, and something is moving in the spirit in these last days. God is trying to wake us up with his word. And the Bible says that Judah is like a lion. Judah is powerful. Judah is unstoppable. Genesis 49 and 9 says, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? Judah, if Judah means praise, and if Judah is a lion, why is he lying down? Why is he not moving? Numbers 24 and 9 says, He couched, he laid down as a lion, and as a great lion, who shall stir him up? A church that will praise is like a great lion with endless power and possibility. Throughout literature, you can see that a lion is always used as a symbol of great power, great strength, and great authority. Just look at the Chronicles of Narnia and Aslan, and you can see this. But a church that will not praise A church that will not worship is like a lion that has laid down for no reason. So I ask you today, who shall stir him up? The Holy Ghost is stirring up the Lion of Judah, and it makes no sense for a creature of such great power to lie down and act defeated. We are people of the name of Jesus Christ. It's time to get stirred up in our spirit and say, I will not lie down and act defeated when God has done so much for me. In 2015, at the Super Bowl halftime show, Katy Perry performed. Hundreds of thousands, millions of people cheered. What they don't tell you is that Katy Perry used to be a Pentecostal. She used to believe in God. She used to see people praise God every Sunday at church. A lot of her fans call her the fallen angel. Her father was a pastor. And on Sunday, February 1st, a hundred million people tuned in in 2015 to watch her sing these lyrics. I've got the eye of the tiger, a fighter, dancing through the fire, because I am a champion, and you're going to hear me roar louder, louder than a lion. What the world doesn't know is that she's a fallen lion of Judah, because she used to praise God, but now 
she uses her praise for the things of the world. And I don't know about you, but it's a shame when fallen lions are shouting louder than the lion of the tribe of Judah. God's asking his church in the spirit. Somebody's got to stir them up. Somebody's got to help them find their name again. Somebody's got to wake up with a shout. Somebody needs to wake up with the voice of triumph. And I want you to know that I'm not ashamed of it. Judah is a lion and I've got a word. I believe that the church is going to roar and I believe that the world is going to hear the voice of the church in these last days. We're already seeing it happen. God is giving the church a platform. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. Quite a few years ago, I read a fascinating story in the news about a lion that had escaped from the zoo. Now, if you're like me, that sounds pretty terrifying to come across a lion running through the streets. It would be a majestic sight, I'm sure. But they went to interview the zookeeper, and they were talking to him about how could a lion escape a zoo with all of the security measures and the fences and the gates and every security precaution that they have in place. How does a lion escape? Well, it ends up that zookeepers that feed the lions in an attempt to regard their own safety will leave the door of the gate unlocked when they go in to the cages. The reason being, if for any reason a lion out of character, even though trained, would attack them, they would be able to get out of the gate quickly if a lion were to attack them. The zookeeper said, and I quote, it's amazing because the gate is unlocked. It's open. All the lion needs to do is see that the gate looks closed and it won't try to press up against the gate. We've tricked them to think that the gate is locked when we feed them. But it's not. They can escape. And evidently, one day, when the zookeeper came in to feed <laughs> this pride of lions, one lion that had some intelligence, some spunk, some strong will, decided, maybe that gate isn't locked. And one of the lions went to the gate and pressed on it and realized that this door that I thought was locked when they were feeding me this whole time, all these years has been open during feeding time. And a lion escaped. Now, thankfully, nobody was hurt during this process. But what about you, Lion of Judah? The world is trying to cage you in. The world is trying to box you in. And the devil wants you to think that the door is locked. But somebody hear me who's lost your name. The door is unlocked. 
the world cannot hold you in. Satan cannot hold back your praise. And when I walk into a church service and I see a congregation of people that have no idea how to praise God, you know what I see? I see caged lions. I see caged lions who are locked into the prison of their own minds and the tricks of the enemy. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to remind you that the door is unlocked and it's feeding time. And it's time for you to break out of that shell of complacency when worship is going on. The next service that you go to, I want you to walk in with liberty and freedom. Do you know who you are? Have you forgotten your name, Judah? Because you are powerful. Would you pray with me? Lord, I want to pray for all those that are listening to the podcast right now that you would remind them the authority and the power that you have given to them. God, I pray, Lord, that the Lion of Judah would be uncaged, that that the church would not be locked in by lack of praise and worship. God, you've called us to represent you and you've called us to worship you. God, let us walk into your presence, Lord, with freedom and liberty. Let us not be worried about what anybody thinks, but let us give you all the praise and the glory every time we get the opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I've had such a great time spending time in the Word with you today. Thank you for reading my son's bedtime story with me. I so enjoyed getting to share that with you. I hope it wasn't too sappy for anybody, but bear with me. I am a dad, and I am what I am. (laughs) I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget what your name is, Judah. You are powerful. We'll see you next week on the Noteworthy Podcast. God bless. Love you guys.